The following message is from Grace on the Ashley Baptist Church, located in Charleston, South Carolina. For more information about Grace on the Ashley, visit graceontheashley.org. Thank you, Meredith and the praise team. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Greg and Danielle. It's good to be with you all today, and uh, we're just excited that we get to have the opportunity to be, in the, to be with you today because Michael Bryant talked so highly of this congregation Really was just really overboard, I think. And he kept <clears throat> how nice everybody is and how wonderful it is and how great Greg is. And then anyway, so I just had to come and see for myself. So I'm excited to be here and, and very jazzed. And that's a, I'll use that word quite often uh, just because um, I'm a trombone player, drum major in band. And so this is my, these are my groupies up here. We love the Marcia and I love to, to worship, being a part of worship and uh, going to encounter God, you know, to see God face to face, to be able to spend some quality time in the throne room. It's a big deal, and Jesus paid a great price for us to have that privilege of being able to access God face to face, to seek his face, to be able to cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, to the Lord, to be able to journey through the veil that Jesus has made, to come, commanded to come before the Father with confidence that our sins and consciousness have been cleansed by the Lord so that we can come to the Holy Lord and walk with him and he places his Holy Spirit in us as the new temple of God the new temple on earth and his Holy Spirit lives within us and we get what Adam and Eve lost we get to journey with God 24 hours a day 365 days a year we get God and that's the plan and that's the plan. It's so great to be with you, to be a part of this uh, congregation today. And, and Marcia and I are thrilled. Thank you for the uh, very uh, way overboard uh, uh, introduction and things like that. Most of those things are not true. I just wrote them down because it seemed interesting <laughs> and applied to other people. Now, it's, 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 God puts us in strange places and weird deals. I, I have to start off by saying a few things about Marcia and I. You know the, the passage of Scripture? And I just may just kind of do it this way. Have, if, and you don't have to stand up or raise your hand, but just, just acknowledge this. If you were a straight-A student in school or at any point, you know, if, you, you can raise your hand if you want to. Any straight-A students here with us? Anybody who was on the Honor Society group? Anybody who was a, a varsity athlete in school? Anybody graduated from high school? <laughs> Anybody? planning on graduating from high school all right I got a few of those that's great anybody been a National Honor Society member anybody done that anybody been the, the first first string in your sporting team or top debate team anybody like that going to college on a scholarship of some sort because you could do something pretty well, well I just want to let you know that God can still use you But it's going to be a little more difficult. Because if you're already so talented, and God gave you so much talent, and so much wisdom, and so much strength, uh, the Bible says he likes to use the foolish things to confound the wise. He likes to use the weak things against the strength. So if you're strong, and you're smart, and you're 
very successful. God can still use you, but you've got to humble up a lot. I mean, you've got to allow him to do it because you just think, I can do this. I can do this on my own. I can do this. This is great. I just want to know that I am married to somebody who is like you and uh, who's been very successful in everything the Lord called her to do, very gifted, very talented person. And so Marcia and I met at college. My father is a retired Air, uh, Army helicopter pilot, two tours in Vietnam, and uh, in the Hueys and the Chinooks in the movie, We Were Soldiers Once and Young. It was Dad's unit that replaced uh, those folks, for those that would catch that, with the first CAV air assault uh, teams that went over there in Vietnam. They followed up. We were at Benning when the first one was taking, when that war was taking place, uh, the battle was taking place in it. So anyway, I grew up with my dad. He retired as an Army colonel. And uh, was, uh, and, and I was, he was the kind of God, guy, he was the kind of father that God kind of emulates that I knew that dad loved us because he went to any, when he was in town, he would go listen to the piano recitals or the band concerts and the football game. He would go to the things, he would do the stuff. He'd go to the little league games and we lost, our little league team was so bad. We lost 28 games in a row. It took more than a season to do it. And I sat the bench. I was the worst athlete on the worst team. They had to put me out at the sixth inning, seventh inning, out in right field. I would pray the ball. The guy would not come to me. The ball would not come to me. I said, God, please don't let the ball come to me. I was the worst athlete in the whole group. I was a av very average musician, very average in, in academics. And our college graduating class of around 300 people at Hardin-Simmons University in Abilene, we had one person out of 300 had a 4.0. And it was Marcia. She was a top education graduate. She had the highest grade point average. She had 9.5. She had 97.5 at overall school. She kept walking across the stage. Everybody would stand up when Marcia would walk across the stage because she came across and she won this medal, the Mentor Medal and the Olson Medal. And then she won the Irving Education Medal. And she went across, went across. And we'd been dating for a little bit at this point. After the graduation ceremony, my father, who knows that, he, that this person has a GPA that is twice what mine is. Okay, we're talking about I graduated, thank you, Lottie. And I knew I was going to get to seminary, and I knew it was going to come. So, so he just didn't, I mean, he knew she was in who's who, I was in who's he. And so dad knew, so dad comes after the graduation ceremony, he puts his arm around my shoulder, and he goes, son, let me get this straight. This girl likes you. It's true. And, and so then dad began to implement with his other military buddies how I could not mess this relationship up. She had a 4.0. She never had a B. Neither did I. <laughs> so God uses those who are willing to say, Lord, just do in my life that which you want. I want to follow you. I want to surrender to you. I'm going to do what you call me to do. If you'll turn in your Bibles, if you have your, your, uh, your sermon guides today, I hope you have those out to be able to write some notes on those. I put those together for you about what it means to be a prayer warrior, some things that we have learned and things that we have done that we're excited about and uh, in, in how to pray better and to be able to, to be uh, prayer warriors for the Lord. So... If you get your flyer out, uh, your uh, insert, look at the bottom. There are blank spaces there. As we're going along, if the Lord lays upon your heart someone that you think, well, I need to pray for that person. I need to add that person 
to my prayer list or pray specifically for this thing for this person, that's there for you to write on and then you can fill the hole back up also uh, with those prayer requests if you need to and uh, notes that you may uh, want to take. So we are going to begin with the, uh, the, a great question of what does it mean to be a prayer warrior and where do we pray and how. Lord God, we pray your blessings upon this time. God, that your power would move here today in all of our lives to draw us closer to you, to see how much prayer means to you and how we can talk to you more and listen to you and engage in the journey with you that is richer. But even more so, Lord, that you would be able to establish in the lives of those that we love. As the result of our prayers that you've, you've, you've drawn us to pray, that you've called us to pray, that, Lord, we would be able to see you change the landscape of eternity, to change the lives of others that we love uh, in, uh, by your rich power and your grace upon each of us. If you turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 62, and verses 6 and 7, that's the scripture that is printed here. And it says, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen all day and all night. They will never keep silent. So here's this passage of scripture that begins in, a, it's in the setting of positive scriptures at the end of Isaiah's journey. All these things he's had to say and do. Here's what God is planning to do. He's planning to have a remnant. He's planning to have a recovery. He's, Jerusalem's going to get ripped up. It's going to get beaten up by the Babylonians. And God's going to let the children of Israel come back and establish it. And, and change Jerusalem and make it a praise unto the earth again. And so God is appointed in, in this time. And so Israel's getting destroyed at this time. It's being taken out by the Assyrian Empire. And Judah's going to be left. And very soon after, after this time frame that this scripture is written, the Babylonians are going to begin taking uh, the people of, of Jerusalem away and the children of Judah the, the, that, are, that are left in waves of people hauled back to Babylon and eventually into Persia and eventually back. Some of them, I mean, they were scattered in lots of different places. The prophecy was going out from Isaiah because the children of Israel had not done what God had said. He, would, he said, had not done what God had asked them to do. He asked them to not worship the other gods. He asked them to not intermarry with people of foreign gods. He asked them to keep, to take down the high places, to not let the Baals and the other gods be given any attention. And yet they didn't do that. And they turned to false images and false things to be their God. And then God is punishing and judging them for that. He sends the prophets to warn them they're not listening. And then the, 12 tri the 10 tribes that get scattered all over the world and was in a, in a diaspora by the Assyrians and they're just scattered, all the tribes are scattered everywhere. Then later on, the Babylonian exile is going to come. And then this promise and this purposeful of God is that in this time, even in this time, when Isaiah is writing this, hundreds of years before Jerusalem will be rebuilt, he is saying that God has appointed watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem and that all day and all night, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. And give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise 
on the earth. God wants you to be praying, and it is his will for you to pray for others, to God to establish them in a variety of things. And there's lots and lots of things that the Bible says. If you do a word search on establishing and establish, you'll find that there's all sorts of things that God wants to establish in your life and in the lives of those that you love. He wants to establish the earth. He established the mountains. He established the heavens. He established equity. He established his faithfulness in the earth. He established his throne and his sovereignty. He established the steps of a good man. He established the children and the descendants of the Lord's servants. He establishes the work of your hands when you serve and honor him. He established you by making and fashioning you and he desires for you, whom he's made and fashioned and established, to want to follow him and to serve him. And he therefore establishes you a steadfast spirit. He wants that to be solid. He doesn't want your spirit not to be steadfast and wavering. He wants that to be rock solid. He wants your ways, the path that you take, to be determined by him. He wants to establish your journey, your ways, your future, your family your plans. He establishes you in righteousness. And he wants us to walk in this established way. He establishes you in truth. He establishes your heart without blame in holiness so that you can go before the Lord. God establishes all these things. He wants all of these things for your life. He wants these things for your family's life. He wants these things for your friends and for your enemies, for your co-workers and your schoolmates. He wants them to know the Lord, to get it, and to walk with him. And he wants the lost to know of his eternal calling to glory in Christ and to establish that calling in their life in salvation. God wants to establish us, and establish means to set in place and to make firm. It means to, it's, it's, a, it's a great word. You want your house built upon the rock and not the mud. That's kind of a South Carolina deal. We have some mud around our house that we've discovered. <clears throat> we said, where's the rock? Where's the rock? Oh, this is a floater here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just put, put some extra buoys under that. That'll be great. Anyway, uh, so establishing, establishing us is God's desire. Establishing us. If you ever know, you have somebody in your family who spiritually, they, they, they're Christians, but they just it just doesn't click. It's like their life is sort of Christian. They're not really knowing how to listen to God and to walk with him and completely surrender to him and to his lordship. They're kind of owning too much of it. They're not, so they're not established really. They're kind of wavering and not really certain. Is this what we're supposed to do? Or is this how we're supposed to? And they just don't, maybe they don't even know they're supposed to be established. Well, you need to be a prayer warrior on the wall for them. And pray for God to establish him and say, God, this is your will. Your word says this is what you want. So, God, I'm going to pray with confidence in this way. And many of you say, well, how can I pray for others? I, I don't know how to pray. Will God hear my prayers? Will he answer my prayers? Is, you know, how would I know what he's doing or, or what's happening with this? In this flyer, you have a picture. And in the picture, there's a tower there. Anybody identify the tower yet? You'll find it, like you take pictures of it and identify that uh, with, uh, with Google search or whatever. All right. That tower 
is right where uh, Bagram Air Force Base is, num tower number one is. It is, uh, the place right below it is a cul-de-sac, I mean not a cul-de-sac, but a kind of roundabout. And, and that's where a lot of people come in that work at that base, that live downtown or off base in the city of Bagram. That's where the riots took place when we burned uh, some Qurans in the burn pit. Y'all might remember that from a few years back. So this is the place where that riot took place, uh, was taking place. So I was with the Chief Master Sergeant Keller Benningfield. He's from the Holy Land. He's from West Texas. And his, uh, Keller is a Chief Master Sergeant, and we have got our, we've got our gear on, we've got our helmets and our flag vest, and we're going up the towers to visit the troops. It's midnight. And uh, we get to the top of this tower, so, we, so it's Chief Benningfield, myself, and two Airmen First Class, one from California, one from Texas, both of them 21 years old, and they're, we're all in this tower where this picture is, looking down at the city. And they're pointing out the Taliban position is over here, the Al-Qaeda position is right there, and that's where those folks are, and watching this, this situation. And uh, it's, the streets are alive with activity, and it's not dark, it's a pretty well lit up area. And so we're in the tower there, and, um, and Chief Benningfield says, Fellers, can I pray for you? Yes, Chief. Yes, Chief. Pray for us. He desperately wanted his prayers, and so Chief Benningfield prayed, and he prayed for their <clears throat> he prayed for their safety, for their families, and for their success. And uh, isn't that how we should be praying? What we should be praying for all everybody is that God would help them and bless them and keep them. And in their situation, I was thinking to myself how amazing it is that we have people on this wall who are defending the thousands and thousands of people inside the wall who the people on the outside want to kill. So if those guys aren't on the wall, guys and gals, if they're not on the wall, then the people inside die. So they're on the wall with their weapons, and I say, are you guys worried about there being an attack tonight? Are y'all concerned? And they said, sir, we hope there's not an attack tonight. But if there is... We will do our duty. And what I'm asking you to do is to hear God's call on your life to be on the wall for your church, for your country, for your family, for your loved ones, for your business, for your teachers. To be on the wall and say, God, I am praying for this person. And you may know somebody who's a prayer warrior like this, and they got a special chair, and that's their place on the wall. Maybe it's your pickup truck, is your place on the wall, where you just spend time with God, and you meet with him, and you talk with him, and you're praying with him. And it should be, could be, all day long, all the time. But I'm going to ask you and challenge you today to be thinking about people, to, be, to just say, God, I want to do this. I want to be a warrior for you. I want to be a prayer warrior on the wall praying for my family. Folks, you can be six years old and be a prayer warrior for your family. And you can pray and say, God, please do this and do this and do this for my family and do these for this friends and pray for these people. And, and, and you come to that place and you say, Lord, my life, I'm giving to serve you and to serve others and to pray. And I want to be a person who's willing to do my duty
to stand my post so that my family will have greater blessings from God. I'm ready for that call of duty because that call of duty changes eternity. That call of duty changes lives. And those guys were up there scared, but they were on it. They'd committed their lives to the call and they were willing to die to save the lives of those around Are you willing to give 30 minutes to God every day? Meet him on the wall? Say, God, let's pray. How are you going to pray? Well, pray without ceasing. Scripture tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, 18, to be joyful always, to reach to give thanks in all, to, to rejoice always to give thanks in all circumstances and to be joyful always oh great I'm going to mess this up so I'm going to read it <laughs> this is not one to I get those I'm not going to do those backwards don't you love it when you memorize the first a thousand times and then you do this okay rejoice always pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks because why this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Why do you get on the wall? Because God has appointed people on the wall so that they will pray and not rest nor give him rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise unto the world. God is calling us to pray without ceasing, to rejoice, to be full of joy, to pray for those things and to be thankful in our spirit because it's God's will for him. So that's how you pray. You can pray all day long. You can pray wherever you, you, uh, you you're, whatever you're doing. You can every, just whenever you think about it, just start saying, hey, God, what about this? And to go through the day with the Lord. Don't do the, do the day just for God. Do the day with God. And say, God, what about this? And what do you think about that? Jesus says, yoke yourself to me. Come on, we're going to learn from the Father. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Let's go. Be in step with the Spirit. Be full of the fruit. Seek the face of God. Journey language. Journey things made possible by Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special deal for you, free from eternity. You get to walk with the Lord and talk with him and say, God, how do I pray for someone? I'm so mad at them. How do I forgive someone? I need to get this, get past this. How do I go on? And that's great comforter talk with you and walk with you what a great deal this is and then we need to pray the word of God itself we've talked about these things of where establishment is found in the Bible where God wants to establish all of these things today, which are all from scripture those are quotes from the Bible verses but if you would take whatever you're reading as a devotional you're doing your daily bread open windows whether you're doing Jesus calling I almost for his highest the the world-famous Watchman on the Wall series, uh, whatever you're doing, uh, using as a prayer guide, as you read that chapter, look in it and go, I want to pray that for my family. And you say, well, will God answer my prayers? Well, yes, God will answer your prayers. And what Marsha has done for the last 30-something years, when she's been working with, with people and counseling with people, talking with people, doing conferences, doing women's events and things, women will come up to her and say, Marsha, my family's fallen apart, or what do I do for my family? What do I do for my loved ones? What do I do for my relationship with my spouse? What do I do? And Marcia says, are you praying God's word over them? Are you praying God's word over them? 
How do you do that? What scriptures do you use? Why would God listen to my prayers? And then she teaches them the joy and the love and the power of being able to say to God, God, you said this. Thank you for making this happen in our life. Thank you, Lord, for doing this. Thank you for bringing that person to salvation. Thank you. And God not only wants you to do this, this is like his idea. And he thought of this. Hey, Adam and Eve got in trouble, but we paid the price for you. You can do this all the time. You can come talk to God and, and be with him and then ask him and then ask him to do stuff. And he really gets a kick out of us being excited about him doing stuff, us trusting him, and us coming alongside him. I'm going to ask you a great question. And it's, and it's just, it is a question, and this could be from this church alone, could maybe make the eternal difference in this whole deal. Is God bigger than the problems of the United States? Would he love for there to be a revival here? Prayer always precedes revival prayer and repentance. Is God bigger than Iraq? Is he bigger than Afghanistan? Is he bigger than the problems of Syria? Is he bigger than the Boko Haram? Is he bigger than those folks? Can he, do, can he work and move in those areas of our lives? And well, How about in our classroom? How about in your work? How about in your, your Sunday school class? What can God do over the issues and things that we deal with? And all of us have stuff that we deal with in our lives. So how do we deal with them with the Lord? And he said, I'm inviting you to do this. I'm asking you and calling you to do this. And unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, most of us don't take the time to take the word and say, what can I do with this? So in Colossians, for example, in Colossians 3, there's a great uh, passage of scripture that, that, that this is an example from chapter verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. So how would you make that a prayer? Lord, let your word dwell richly in me. Let your word dwell richly in my kids. Lord, let the peace of Christ rule in my life. And then you start saying that all day long. Lord, the peace of Christ rule. And all of a sudden, it's part of your memory. It's part of your journey. It's part of your nonstop prayers. Lord, let your peace rule in my life. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within us with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and with thanksgiving in our hearts to you, God. It's in your name, Jesus. A simple prayer taken from Scripture. As you read it, you go, God, I want that for my family. No matter what you're using for a devotional life, what you're reading through, whatever chapter in the Bibles you may be reading through the chapters, you look at it, look for them and say, God, show me these Scriptures so I can pray them to you for the sake of those that I love and those that are around me. There's a call to prayer. When we lived in Qatar, there were five times a day prayers. There was three mosques near us. In fact, the watchman on the wall prayer books actually got started in the midst of all of that and praying for them and praying God's word and people wanting prayers so desperately to be able to pray God's word. And so but it really simply is this. You open your Bible, wherever you're reading, whatever you're studying, and you say, God, do this for my family. Do this for me. Help me to be able to be this person and to pray as a warrior on the wall 
wherever that wall is. And there was times when the walls of Jerusalem were torn down. And in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, the Lord said, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall, who would stand in the gap, who would stand before me for the land so that I would not have to destroy it. And I found not one person who was willing to stand in the gap and pray. Not one. And you may be hearing this call today to be a watchman on the wall, to be a person who stands in the gap for others, who, who can do this wonderful, wonderful privilege of getting to serve others in prayer. And you just say, ah, that's not for me. Or I can't do it. That's somebody else's job. A friend of mine by the name of John Randalls who recently passed away when he was in Lubbock, Texas as a football player as a sophomore, he really desperately wanted to become a varsity athlete. It's a large school, Monterey High School in Lubbock, and it was a large school, and he, he was third or fourth string. He, was, he would have been the bench guy, and, uh, and uh, he was not the travel squad. You know, he was the only guy that's going to get to do that, but he was a lineman, and he wasn't that big, and he wasn't that talented, but he was very ugly. And he had all that going for him. He had one eyebrow. Anyway, so he was that kind of guy. Anyway, so, so, and John was very smart. And John knew what the, who the pre people were who needed to be in the next play. He knew what linemen needed to go in by the play coach. And what he would do when the coach turned around to find the person he needed, Randalls would be like this and wouldn't let him make eye contact with the player he needed. And so they would grab his mask and say, stop it, Randalls, and put him in for a play because they didn't have any choice. And because Randalls was in there, he did this all season long, got enough plays to let her as a varsity athlete by relentlessly wanting to be in the game. So when we say, put me in, coach, imagine that enthusiasm to prayer. Let me do this, God. This sounds great. I get to talk to you. I get to know the word better. What up? Look at this. I get to help out. I'm on the team. Family business. Let's go. I get to play. But you might be here today and you said, God, when I was praying there, you let me down. I taken my jersey off. I'm sitting in the stands. Heckling the coach. jersey on deal with whatever the issue is with him get back in the game don't let Satan take you out get in the game be a prayer warrior for the Lord Jesus then you will see from your place on the wall God changed the landscape of eternity. Meet the Lord wherever your place is to meet him. And enjoy 
this precious time with God where you say, Lord, you said that this person can be established in you. And pray with God's word back to himself with God's power appointed to be the prayer warrior for your loved ones. Now there may be somebody whose name came up while we were praying and you say, I need to pray for this person for salvation or this person to be established in whatever area, for this to take place in my life, for me to deal with this particular issue. Lord, I need to pray for myself on this one. I need scriptures to do that. And I just want you to write those down and then continue throughout the day. And then when you meet the Lord today, this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow morning, and you say, okay, God, I'm, let's do the wall time. Here we go. I'm meeting you on the wall. I'm praying for these folks. Lord, bless them, and you do this in their lives. And then watch what God does. Watch what God does. As he begins to change eternity right before you and establish those whom you love. As we go to this time of prayer, I'd like each of you to bow your heads. And I would like for you, just between you and God, if you sense the Holy Spirit saying to you, hey, I want you on this team. I want you to be a part of this. I want you to be a greater prayer warrior. Or I want to call you to be a prayer warrior for others. Just spend some time with the Lord, just you and God, and say, yes, God, I want to do this. You may be here today and you go, I'm one of those folks who needs to be established in the Lord. I'm kind of not settled with Jesus as Lord of my life. I'm not, my, our, our home isn't functioning or my life isn't functioning as it should as a person ought to who's following the Lord. God establish us, establish me, establish my family, establish my kids, establish my whomever to journey solidly with you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this call to duty. We thank you for the privilege of the fact that you, des that you want us to talk with you and you desire us to come before you and pray. And for those, Lord, who desire to be established more in you, to be more firmly founded in you and your ways and their paths and their futures and your plans, Lord, that you will make that happen in their lives for them. And God, for those who said, yes, they want to play. Yes, they want to be on the team. Yes, they want to be watchmen on the walls. People who stand in the gap for you, Lord. As you have called them, Holy Spirit, as you've touched their lives, just really reinforce that in their lives this day, this hour, and throughout this week. God, that you will just be drawing us all deeper, more deeply, deeply into your life of prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you for this great church. Amen.